92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Writer's Wednesday show. We air this every second Wednesday with our friends over at Books forward and you can check them out at booksforward.com but today we're very excited we're welcoming Barbara Pagano on the show Uh, her new book is coming out on July 17th you're going to want to get it it's called the 60 something crisis how to live an extraordinary life in retirement so I'm just saying I'm so young but (laughs) I find this book helpful at this time so I want you to go to our website yourextraordinarylifeafterretirement.com so welcome Barbara how are you? I'm very good this morning thank you very much. It's great to have you here now did I pronounce your last name you know correctly because I wanted to go Pagano. (laughs) Oh you did it right yes that's Pagano. (laughs) Okay, I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Some, like, you know, my last name is Smith. So anytime anyone's got a name other than Smith, I'm ready to roll. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not getting married again. <laughs> oh, boy. Just saying. Look well, you that. never know. Already. You can do that. Okay, let's just talk about that. So you Life retire. <laughs> There's a lot of people who get married after retirement. Oh, they get married or they hook up some way uh-huh. and don't get married, but have a very committed relationship. Very interesting. I was, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've had relationships in the past. I always said, okay, well, if we're both available at that time later down the road, we'll do it. <laughs> it's um, weird. It's yeah, true, though. The, the older couples that have gotten together in one way or another and maybe aren't married, but are in a committed relationship are some of the happiest people that I have interviewed. Mm. Yeah. You yeah. interviewed a lot of people for your book. It must have been I fun. did. And mm. they just gave me insights. They gave me uh, confidence in what I was feeling and what I was discovering in my research. So their stories are very, very much a part of this book. Mm. I love that mm. because I think it's so important to go outside, you know, who we are as individuals to, to learn more from the, you know, the greater populace and Nancy and I traveling full time during pandemic time was very interesting was during fun. COVID. <laughs> So we ended up staying at a lot of bed and breakfasts mm-hmm. and also pet sitting. So you may hear a dog bark here and there on our shows and it may be a cat or, you know, future show Never may know. have a donkey or chickens, oh, but, but it's, but it's been really, really cool because we get to work and be isolated from people, but you know, and we love animals and gardens and stuff. So it's been really cool, but through this mm. experience, we've had more interaction with people getting ready to retire or newly retired. I mean, at the bed and breakfast table, you're meeting a lot of a lot of younger people going to B&Bs that didn't do it before. Mm -hmm. And you're having this conversation at the breakfast table with all ages. And it's kind of like it was interesting about you talking about like, it's like the new boomers. 
where mm-hmm. it's you will find people of all ages at the table talking about TikTok and what they saw on TikTok or you know what I mean? So it's kind of you can't really at this day and age, I'm starting to feel like people are almost more collected by interest than age in a way. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, ha- I have to jump in and tell you that one of the very exciting but very surprising uh, things that I am, am learning uh, is that I, I assumed my market was going to be pre-retirees who were interested hmm. in leading an extraordinary life. But my speaking engagements are now a, an audience from 23 to 65. Mm-hmm. So the the younger people who are interested now in looking at life ahead and saying, you know, I need some information about that and I need to understand what an extraordinary life is. Mm -hmm. That's been very surprising to me. Well, you know, we're, we're living a lot longer than what we used to. Yes. So we have a lot more years to figure out and I can understand why. And I think it's a good thing that younger people take a look at the future beyond what their current life moment is because um we are you're going to be here a lot longer than you think most of us yes you know and you need a plan maybe or not yeah and that old model of getting educated and then working and then that 65 retirement Mm -hmm. didn't work for me and it's not working for a lot of people well, don't work for Nancy at all. No. Well, first of all, it just sounds really boring unless you are so wealthy that you can go wherever you want, do whatever you want, see the world. Now that would be cool. If that's you're just going to go. Then. Yeah, but you. Ha- where's the purpose? Well, the the finances certainly are mm. at top of mind for all of us who are older boomers Mm -hmm. the number one worry is running out of money in this long absolutely but uh, that the work that we do whether it's paid or unpaid gives us that community that we need for Mm -hmm. our health and also for relevance that we Mm -hmm. know why we're getting up in the morning and still feeling useful exactly you know, what I talk about is redefining r- retirement if you're thinking it's stopping work uh, to making that a much later age, maybe 85 or 90. But, you know, I'm even reluctant to say 85 or 90 because every day I pick up the, the media and I have, an, you know, a 90-year-old doing this or an mm-hmm. 87-year-old doing this. So I, I'm rethinking about even thinking that retirement is 85. If you I can, agree. If, yeah. If yeah. you have health and, and you have, um, all of us have talents that we can give back in some way or another. And so just keep it going. Mm-hmm. Don't think about yeah. retirement as stopping work. We have a friend who walked the country. He just, after when he, I guess, retired or quit teaching, mm-hmm. he just decided to walk across the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, on foot, he across the entire country, and then he wrote a book about it. And you that's know? Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Because use. I think he, he was busy and as a teacher, and then all of a sudden was like, well, now what? Right. What, what do you do all day long? Especially if you're on your own. 
What do you so, do? Yeah. And, and, and Nancy, you're making some very good points. And that I think is the reason for the 30 and 40 and 50 year olds to understand it's not the work that you're doing right now. If you don't mm-hmm. love your job, you don't have to think about being in that job for 60 years. Exactly. But you do have to think ahead and say, okay, what might I want to do? One of the examples that I, I give my audience is if I had known uh, now, um, if I had known when I was younger mm-hmm. that I was going to look at work in a very different way, I love uh, to bake cakes mm-hmm. and I love cake decorating, cool. but I, I never pursued that. And if I had pursued that earlier in my life, I could be making about two fifty a shot for these cakes that he <laughs> And you could be on the Food started. Network. And on it the Food started. Network. And I could be on the Food you. Network yeah. doing something I love. And yeah. um, if I had pursued that and found out if I was really good or, re- you know, I, I, and expanded my skill set, then I would have had another option when mm-hmm. I was 65. Fortunately, mm-hmm. I love the work that I do. But I try to give people an example. If you love something go for it a little bit and see mm-hmm. if you can quit that job that you sort of like or sort of don't like at mm-hmm. an appropriate time and see what you can do to bring in a little bit of money and make your financial advisor very happy so you're mm-hmm. not digging into that retirement savings for mm-hmm. um, 10 or 20 years. Yeah, you know, I think this is great too, your timing because pandemics, you know, mm-hmm. look at everybody resigning. Look at everybody going, you know what, maybe I don't need to live on all, I don't need 10 cars, maybe. I don't, Well, I'm exaggerating, but, you know, I yeah. don't need all of that I think I need. And I want to, you know, do something that's fulfilling. It gave people time to kind of sort in their brains, like, you know, I really love gardening. And, you know, we know people who now make a living gardening because they really love it. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of, if you don't take those steps, you're never going to know. And I, I what I find really important about your book is, when you talk about, oh, being in a career for 60 years, it used to be that you're, you're working for the man for 30 years and your life is dedicated to the man, you know, or the, you know, the company mm-hmm. store, you owe your store, uh, sold to the company mm-hmm. store, but now the company store is expanded to, you could be doing that for 60 to 80 years. And that seems miserable about anything. We're the big blend because we do have <laughs> many interests. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of people do, but we, just like in marketing, box ourselves into over this, over that, over that. Mm-hmm. I think we do that to ourselves personally. And and the younger generation now, you have this ability to look at things going, I can try different things. What's the best thing to try now? Like maybe you're interested in gardening. Maybe you do want to open a store, but you're going to wait until you get the finances together to open a garden store, something like that. You know, so I see that being really valuable and talking about our travels, the bed and breakfast people we've met, pretty much the majority, I'm talking, we did 30 bed and breakfasts in just under two years that we stayed in and Mm -hmm. interviewed them all. Okay. Majority, I'd say 80%. And that's on the lower portion. I'm going to say 80 to 90. Mm -hmm. We're new owners and Mm -hmm. started right before the pandemic Mm -hmm. (laughs) during, right. Right. And they were couples going, we wanted to do something. We, we left the rat race and we bought into this. It's a smart real estate move, right? We all know that, Mm -hmm. but 
we wanted to do something fun and together and be part of community because bed and breakfast owners are very much part of the community. They know everything. They, they know all the gossip, let me tell you. That's but cool. they also get to chat with people from around the world. And that's what, you know, we were, we, we did in sitting for three nights to see what it just, again, see what exactly it was like. what you write about to see what it was like and what it was like and it's fun and we're going to do it again because I don't know we're kind of nuts but but that's the thing (laughs) is people are looking at a lot of these couples were on either their second third or even fourth and even fifth career right so so two things are happening the hottest demographic in the job market is the is over 65 Mm -hmm. so people are coming back to realize that I need to have work in my life in some mm-hmm. way or another. But the other idea that fits perfectly in what, into what you're doing is that if you look at the bonus years that we have, 25 or 30 years now, we're the first generation to ever have that. Are you going to tack that on at the end of le- and have 30 years of leisure? Or can you fit that in and make that middle section bigger? And mm. people are, are saying, okay, let me go on that three-month trip. Let me take a year sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Let me stop this job. And st- before I start another job, let me take the time off and do the travel rather than waiting till the end of life and then looking at 30 years of leisure. And, and hope and not being able to hike yeah. to and the top take, of the mountain. You well, know what I mean? So you that, know, that's the other thing. I think you grow up mimicking your parents. And I mean, I look at like when Lisa's little friends would come over when Lisa was way younger, younger, younger. Um, they were like little munchkins. They're like the Wizard of Oz people. They're listening they were to like, you right now, Nancy. I know. <laughs> hi, munchkins. You know, they were like little adults. They were mimicking their parents and they would play. Oh, like I remember one game was let's play strict mommy. I'm like, I'm watching them and, and, you know, here's a little husband and here's a little wife and they would do little housekeeping chores and play husband and wife. So they were basically mimicking what they saw at home, which was a real eye opener, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think you are almost little adults at five years old, six years old. You're already starting down the I'm getting old path. Mm-hmm. There was more of that kind of play than um, swinging on swings or playing ball. That was more this this weird interaction that I watch with children. I call it weird because I'm like, man, you're not kids. You're little people. You're little adults. You're, you're doing adult things from a childlike perspective. And it was really fun to watch. Well, you know, one of the things that we have to realize when you when you are looking at the roles that we play, um, we, uh, because we're the first generation to have this gift of longevity, and along with longevity, we also have health and a little mm-hmm. bit of money uh, for the most part. So now you're looking at role models. Mm-hmm. And for all of us who are older boomers, there are very few, we're making this up as we go along. Mm, we're actually pioneers um, mm. in trying to figure out how do we live a long, long life, longer than we ever thought before. And one of the reasons I looked at 60 is that mm. if you haven't figured it out, um, this is the figuring out de- decade mm-hmm. so that, that you don't get to 70 and go, 
okay, now what am I doing? So um, we're pioneers, we're making it up as we go along, but every day we get a little bit more information or a little bit more, uh, another story that kind of opens the door. So it's a very, very exciting time. I think it's exciting too, because you do have a whole new tool set in regards to the internet, you know, look at technology, (laughs) you know, a lot of people that I know that are retired, they're not, they can't, they just, they don't have, they're not the type to just go sit in front of the TV and say, I'm retired. They, they get frustrated if they're like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But they start, uh, they have Etsy stores, they're writing books, they're traveling, Mm -hmm. they're volunteering, they're doing something because they just can't sit still. And the internet, from what I've seen, Mm -hmm. has been this incredible tool that wasn't there. I mean, you've got to think when we started our magazine in this country 25 years ago, Google wasn't invented yet. And we were going around telling people, at least put your website that you spend thousands of dollars on on your business card. We were like getting people, we were doing education about ads in our print magazine at the time. So you've Mm -hmm. got to think now, I mean, what you want to do is there's whole new careers. I mean, people are coming Mm -hmm. out of college and being managers in social media, who knew that was going to be a career? So careers are evolving on a daily basis of what you can do. There's careers we don't even know about that are being created right now, today, in the second, which and I it, find exciting. It, it, yeah. And if you lost your um, the promise of what you wanted to do with your life and you realize in, in when you're 45 or 50 that you really wanted to go to law school, um, that's a stretch for me to think about. But um, you can do it. And yes, you can. Or they're going back to college and they're doing mm-hmm. kind of different things. Yeah, you but, can virtually do it. You can yeah. go to a community college at night after work right. if you really strongly want to do something like that. It's totally possible where before it really wasn't. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. And I think that the other way to look at it was in, in an interview I had the opportunity to, because I coached a lot of uh, leaders in um, senior positions Mm -hmm. in corporations and organizations, uh, when I started down this path, having failed retirements and trying to look around and see (laughs) other people were feeling the same thing, there was one interview that uh, is in the book and just stuck with me. Um, I was talking to uh, a senior VP at a very successful professional career. And he's telling me that he retired. He's two years into retirement. Some things are going well and some things aren't going as well as he thought. And his comment to me was, Barbara, now don't get me wrong. I'm happy 
but I, I could be happier. Mm. And that space between happy and happier is a space that I think all of us can look at. Mm-hmm. We are, by and large, retirees are a happy group of people. Uh, that's what the research says. Mm-hmm. So let's look at that space now. Could you be happier? And what might that what might that be? Mm. Well, and I think too, depending on how you were brought up, um, especially for women. I know how I was brought up that you're going to be a nurse or a teacher if you're going to work at all, but basically go get married and have kids. That's kind of the thought process that my parents had that women, unless you can be a teacher or a nurse, weren't meant to be in the workforce. And then, you know, different wars come along and things change kind of that outlook on what women are capable and expected to do. If that is radically changed, but as a, as a child of today, I, th- I think, especially with the internet and parents having to control what their, their kids see in the mm-hmm. media, mm-hmm. it's something that my generation, I don't think my parents really controlled the media. Like maybe you can't put on channel 13 or 14, whatever. You have to watch cartoons. You can't watch this. Maybe right. that's about, that's it for control. Mm-hmm. You know, and the librarian only let you go to the children's section for books anyway. So, you know, (laughs) I think those things have kind of gone way out the window. So I think it's kind of a freedom that we didn't have. At least the the way I was brought up didn't have that kind of freedom to go get whatever book you want from the library. Not until you're like maybe 15, 16, then you could go and librarians wouldn't look at you and ask you your age and that kind of thing you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's right and now with the internet children can they know how to open accounts and get passwords and do stuff they know how to see whatever they want to see and and you know I think you're making a great point Nancy that many of us followed a pattern mm-hmm. or we did sort of what society expected us to do right and um you know we had children and we got married at a certain age and we got the mortgage and, you know, our daughters aren't mm-hmm. doing that. They're doing it very differently, but mm-hmm. you and I, I, I did. I followed mm-hmm. that kind of expectation. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's what makes the joy of this time of life. If you're in your forties or your fifties or your sixties and you, your parenting responsibilities are pretty much fulfilled And now you're looking at an opportunity for you Mm -hmm. and what you want to do within a marriage, outside of the marriage, in a partnership, solo. Um, It's it's again, a very exciting time. I think it is like when you say the golden Mm -hmm. years now, and I'm not talking about the golden girls, but I love them. But the golden (laughs) years now are like the golden years, you know, and I look Mm -hmm. at it, you know, my age going, okay, I'm, I'm going towards it's happening. You know, you can feel when you start being, when you're in the forties, you start knowing it's coming, it's coming, you know, and if you don't look ahead, that's what I was saying about, you know, you, you were saying that your demographic of speaking is in the twenties, you know, and I think we have to look at that, that now as, as a younger generation going, okay, we got a long time. What, what do we want to do? We don't have to be one thing forever because that is an incredible weight on your shoulders. And 
I mean, some people want that. Obviously, Nancy and I are travelers. We want different things all the all time. The time. <laughs> we're, we're, because you're learning. It's about learning. It's about mm-hmm. observing and really realizing how, you know, how amazing Earth is, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's yes. about all these connectivities and all of that. It's not that we're bored. It's just like once you get it, it's like a drug. It is an amazing mm-hmm. thing when you start seeing different plants and animals and different towns and people and similarities mm-hmm. and connectivities. So to me, that's the same thing as what you're talking about, about, yeah. you know, we are able to choose and do and put the action behind it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I think planning it a little bit can help to well, be let successful. Me Let me give you a perfect example. One of the two years ago, before the pandemic, I had an opportunity to do uh, a speaking presentation in front of hairdressers, Hmm. okay, in in hair salons. And the the ages were 23 to 34, something like that. So I'm talking about an extraordinary life. I'm talking about the fact that, you know, your old model of retiring at 65 isn't going to work for you. And you need to find ways that you can supplement some kind of income in work that you love. And I had an opportunity six months later to talk to one of those people in the audience who took that advice and understood that, yes, she could be um, in the hair salon for as long as she wanted to be. But another stream of revenue would be advantageous. So she invested in real estate and is now building her rental property portfolio. So hairdressing, rental properties, all at the age of 30. Awesome. Okay, what do I, because she loves to flip. She loves to go in and redecorate and do all that. creative, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a very creative way to look at, I can have that rental property in my future and that can be my stream of income that would take me into the golden years in a much better financial situation than standing on my feet all day at 75 or 80 and doing hair. So so Mm -hmm. people are beginning to think about, okay, what is it that I can do that I might love and and adding it into their lives? Well, this is a huge deal because we do so many interviews with musicians and authors Mm -hmm. and um, sports people too. Sports mm-hmm. people, you can't be a football player forever. No. So you have to kind of look at, you know, what else? You, you, your body cannot physically be that full. Are you going to go into coaching? Are you going to go into something completely different? And you see this in child actors in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. You see it in musicians. A lot of the musicians I know that are absolutely phenomenal should be, you know, the Rolling Stones style. And yet they're going, oh, no, if I did this. Number one, some of them will go, if I overdo my passion and it becomes work like my work work, it's going to ruin it for me, the creative, Uh the joy that I have, but I can be successful in this capacity. It's filling those boxes of joy this way. And I'm going to make my money doing investments or real estate or whatever. So I see that happening a lot in the creative sphere because you don't want your art to be compromised. (laughs) <laughs> and so see and no I like no that. I like that. yeah you don't want your mm-hmm. art compromised and, and mm-hmm. you can doing the marketing side is a grind for a lot of creatives and yet it, it you yeah. know that's true so I, I see this being that's why I'm saying your book is so valuable on so many fronts 
not just retirement. <laughs> just, I, I just, and by the way, 65, by the way, if you're my age, you don't rely on your social security. I just no. go like, just forget it. I'm supporting the country. It's my donation. <laughs> yeah, no, because first, donation. You, know, it, well, well, you know, it's like you, you read, you know, maybe it's going to be there 10, 20 years from now. Maybe it's not. Maybe yeah, you can't, can't rely on it. And a lot the, of people are retiring early because and of it social isn't security. that great. I mean, it, you just don't get that much. You know, well, we, we have a couple of things going um, on that are um, challenging. Mm. I mean, we're all obviously on the same page, but mm. let's look at, okay, um, not working is still in a mindset of mm. a lot of people. You know, you work so long and then you retire and you don't work. So we have that challenge of taking working way into the mm. future. The second thing it is, we're not very good about going into the future. Most of us, the, the research indicates that most of us will think about the future in terms of the next three weeks. Yeah. We don't think about the future in terms of the next 10 years or the next mm-hmm. decade. And many of us um, and many of the people in your audience are, hey, they're working hard. They're parenting. Their days are very, very full. Taking time out to think about you and what you want to do with the one life that you're given is simply not a very natural thing for us to do. Mm. So we Mm. have some challenges here Mm. when it comes to looking far into the future. Yeah, because you used to be told, oh, you're just a dreamer. It's a dream. Mm -hmm. When you look into the future, it's a dream. And, Mm -hmm. and, And it has... It sort of carried a like you're not paying attention. It that there was a negative, like in the classroom, you're daydreaming, you know, instead of paying attention to here and now. So we're in a way brought up not to daydream or look into the future. You kind of deal with the here and now because this is real. You don't know what's going to happen in the future, so don't think about it. One of the like that, yeah. And one of the things that can get people's attention is that if you get to the age of 65 and you ask the question, what's next? You're already in trouble, okay? You should have been asking, you should have been asking this question. The, the question should never be asked. And you know that's what got me into trouble is work, work, working and play, play, playing. And then mm. all of a sudden I'm 65 and okay, uh, you know, and, and my friend said, well, you've had a good life now, Barbara, you need to give back to your community. It's like, and I it's thought, like well, you're already done. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a good life. It sounds like, yeah. okay, you're done. What's, what's that TV Bye-bye. show, that British TV comedy, One Foot Over the Grave? Yeah, one grave. foot in the grave. Yeah. One foot, yeah. It's like, because he was retired and he was crotchety <laughs> over it too. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and people will say, when you get to that age of 65, that what next question is something people will ask you, oh, mm-hmm. okay, you're 65. When are you going to retire? And mm-hmm. what's next? Yeah. And that's built into our society right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that we're also um, advancing faster than society is changing. So mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, with your work and the work that I'm doing, we can at least alert some people that, hey, you know, thinking about your 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. Um, it's a good idea. 
it's a really good idea. <laughs> Financially, it's, it's it's huge a- because there's so many people on those going back to the social security conversation. Like, I can't look at that as going to be something you've got to have investments. You've got to have, you know, your 401ks or all of whatever you want to do on that. Everyone's got their advisor yeah. kind of people for that. But you got to realize if you're going to live longer and longer, anything mm-hmm. can change. We've had pandemics that change the economy. Mm-hmm. You know, we could go through a depression. We could go through anything. And so I'm not trying to be the fear of gloom or anything, but it's about being realistic. Your money has to last all those years. You can't mm-hmm. just go, I'm 65 and now I'm going to live till 100. I mean, look at the the oldest park ranger was just retired over a hundred years old from wow, Richmond, you know, that. Rosie, she was at Rosie, the Riveter, uh, national historical site uh, mm-hmm. over a hundred Betty. Yes. I mean, she's this famous park ranger and she was mm-hmm. still smiling and still greeting guests into the national park service mm-hmm. unit. So, I mean, over a hundred years old. And, and I think because she was doing such an amazing career that she loved and she was standing up for women's rights. I mean, you've got to think about this was a park of where Rosie the Riveter got started. You're thinking about these women who said, oh, yeah, we don't need to sit at home and bake cookies while there's a war going on. We're going to do and do things and do it differently. So mm-hmm. I think there was a spark in there for her that kept her going for so long. Also being an African-American woman in that position, she's like, hey, check this out. And she was this, you know, she's still alive inspiration look at betty Mm -hmm. white for god's sake she never stopped you know what i mean yeah you know so it's um to me you you can't go 65 you know people like oh get your social security so a lot of people did that but um you're that's not anything can happen like for me i cannot look at that as i mean i don't know i just don't trust it but I have to look at our career and what we do as being something that, you know, that I want to do. I mean, that's why we do what we do now. (laughs) Why wait? You know, so see as much as you can see as much as you can do as much as you want and what you love, but you, you cannot sit there and hope you, your money will last through times like you can, if you're working and producing and bringing income in. Well, in everyone's addi- different. So, but I'm, you know what I mean. In, in addition to that, finances, we have this huge uh, loneliness epidemic mm-hmm. going on with older people. Mm. That's another good reason to stay active in your work for the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, and and one of the things that um, I talk about, which I want to talk about with you, one of them is geography of place. But I also mm. talk about kinship. And the fact that we haven't made enough friends for a lifetime. So making friends becomes an extraordinarily important thing to do in every decade. Not just to rely on the friends that you've already made, but Mm -hmm. to continue to make friends throughout Mm -hmm. your lifetime to make sure that you have enough at the end. So, um, you know, one of the researchers, actually several several researchers, and this always gets the audience attention, is that you should have three best friends. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a lot. Okay, that and that doesn't count your spouse or your partner. Mm-hmm. You've got to have three friends that you can call on when you're having a bad day or something needs to be talked over. And that that's a pretty big number for a lot of people. 
And we need to look very, very carefully. Um, you know, and if I had three and I just lost one, wow, now I only have two. And um, so it's like your board of directors. <laughs> it's your board of directors. It is. It's your board okay. of directors because friends, really good friends are very honest, you yes. know, and, and will mm-hmm. help you through something and say, well, maybe you could have handled it this way, you know, if they mm-hmm. asked or mm-hmm. advice isn't, you know, you can't know. Especially, you know, as you get on in years, you get the wisdom and, and experience and you don't want fluff. You want the real well, stuff. And you also and so, get yeah. separated. I mean, we live all over the place oh, that's now. Absolutely right. You know, and mm-hmm. so the, the little tiny town that you grow up in, if you grew up in a tiny town. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. And you thought you're going to live your whole life there and have that same set of friends. It doesn't happen that way anymore, I don't think. It might for some. Daniel Pink just came out with a book in February. Uh, He's always looking for the next big idea. He's a very um, great author. I like what he does. Um, It's called The Power of Regret. And he Mm. established the World Regret Survey. 150 Mm. countries, 15,000 people. And then he analyzed those results. Some of our biggest regrets are around those friendships that faded away mm-hmm. that either because of geography mm-hmm. or because maybe there was a, a loss of interest or maybe there was a falling out, but we regret not connecting with those people that we were friends with. So geography plays a huge part oh, in yeah. losing those friendships, but we can do something about that. We can reconnect with, mm-hmm. with people. Oh, especially with yeah. the internet now. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. before that was a lot more difficult. Like we moved countries. We've lived in how many countries now, Lisa? <laughs> so, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I, but on the friend side, I, you know, like I just reconnected. We've seen each other on Facebook and everything, but we actually had to find each other having lived in South Africa and, and going through some crazy mm-hmm. times. And then yep. over here, we all kind of, lost each other and we found each other through you know things like Facebook and everything and I just now am actually going to see my high school bestie from over 30 years ago this Mm -hmm. year she's coming to this country with her daughter and to see each other Mm -hmm. and here's the thing this is like your high school friends there's Uh no getting out of anything there I mean that's talk about reality of knowing I mean she was like are you still playing music are you still I'm like oh my god I forgot like you knew that you know I forgot that Mm -hmm. you knew all these aspirations Mm -hmm. that we have and I think you know that's I was thinking we were watching a comedy thing the other night and there was a high school reunion thing 
And I thought, you know, why are people doing high school reunions going backwards? And mm-hmm. then I thought, you know, the, because all these weird things come out the, oh yep. my gosh, cool. but isn't cool. it important to help us can, you know, remember who we were and what our aspirations were as, sure. as you. And you know what I found it exciting about? I didn't start going to my high school reunions until the 25th. And then my husband said, you've got to go. And uh, Mm -hmm. since then, I understood the importance of doing that. Mm -hmm. But what I discovered is that if I liked you when I was a teenager, I I still like you as Mm -hmm. as a grown, you know, there's still a connection there. Mm And so that was, um, yeah, that was very, that's a very exciting thing to be able to do. And I had a thousand in my graduating class. So there's a lot of people to reconnect with, but a lot of people to meet on, you know, that you haven't really known before. So it's a great opportunity to connect with people who've grown up in in the same community Mm -hmm. that you've grown up in. It makes you kind of also self-reflect. Did you do the things you wanted to do, Mm -hmm. you know? You know, when you would talk about, okay, you know, that time frame in the 60s, what, all right, that's our next wave. We can do something that we maybe put off in the back burner. And mm-hmm. I think your friends from high school know that. They yes. know the truth of that. Oh, sure they trying do. this and that. And then life happens, children happen, careers happen. But hey, you always had this interest in this, you know. So I think mm-hmm. that's the And when you see each other, we all look at each other as teenagers. So when we didn't age a bit, yeah. <laughs> so that's a big part of it. But, you know, you know, I do want to go to, uh, you know, in your book, the regrets thing, I think that is a huge thing. And I think reading your book, you, you were you would talk a lot about that part. And I think that's a, a, a very personal thing, too, when someone actually realizes regret and feels it. Mm-hmm. And I think getting like if people need to get your book to get moving because you could wallow in the regret or you could get off your butt and do something about it. You can go and do, you can pretty much do, unless it's something really, really crazy, you can pretty much do whatever you want now. I mean, you can learn on the internet. You don't have to go to college if you don't want to. You can take classes over the internet. You Mm -hmm. can, you can learn to do the cakes. You can, you can learn pretty much everything on the internet now. You know, it's, it's an amazing time to be able to recapture what you think or have told yourself or talked yourself out of doing for whatever reason Mm -hmm. you know so there's there's really no reason not to reconnect or go after what you wanted or were interested in Mm -hmm. when you were in high school or junior high school well one of the um absolute driving forces for me personally, and for the work that I do, is that the research says for the last 60 years, the biggest regret is this. You're at the end of your life, you're in hospice, and you're looking and you're reflecting. And the biggest regret said in different kinds of words is that I didn't live the life I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. Whoa, guys. Yeah. And when I discovered, when I said, wow, have we learned nothing in 60 years that we're still getting to the end of life? And that is the big regret. Um, And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get to the end of my life and look and say, gave it my best shot. Okay. 
mm-hmm. gave it my best shot. And that's mm-hmm. what I want everybody to do. So when you're talking, Nancy, mm-hmm. about try what you want to try, do what you want to do, um, we all have responsibilities, whether it's yes, to Asian parents or to children mm-hmm. or to mortgages or whatever. But we can find those places. Mm-hmm. And God bless us. We don't know whether the end of that life is going to be tomorrow or the next day. So we've right. got to make every day count. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, true. I, it's want, true. I don't understand why we can't get to the end of life and say, wow, I did my best. I gave it my best shot. That, that's, that's what I'm running for. Because like, mm-hmm. honestly, I tell people like people go, you're nuts doing what we do. I mean, yes, last year we, we crossed the country four times <laughs> and, <laughs> and that didn't even go the up down part of the country. Yeah, you know? we so went back and forth. <laughs> I think probably 10 good full on stretches of driving and silliness and like, it's but fun. we saw things we saw, I, we saw, we met, we, we worked, we, I mean, it was full on and you get your moments where you just absolutely crash and you're tired. Mm. And then I go, you know, people are like, well, how do you handle how? I'm just like, dude. I'm going to skid in. I'm skidding in. Yeah. I don't care if there's still gummy bears stuck in my teeth I, from driving <laughs> and eating my gummy bears. I'm skidding in because I'm not sitting. I can't sit on the couch. I'm not no. good at it. I have to multitask mm-hmm. even sitting on the couch. Okay, I got to skid in. <laughs> what we have to realize is that if you're coaching a pre-retiree, who is looking now at closing out their career and they are looking at the next 30 years. And uh, you ask a question about, well, what do you see yourself doing? Sometimes the answer to that draws a complete blank. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that. They have, Mm -hmm. and, and not to... Um, be down on that person because they've been very busy. Some people will say, well, you know, I haven't really thought about that or I'm not really sure. Or um, so we have a, a, a moment in time here that it looks to me like the two of you have sort of figured out what makes you happy and you're going mm-hmm. for it. But we also, for those people who haven't taken the time we have to say, okay, you have the freedom now to find that moment to think about the future and answer some real good questions mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that that's something that uh, a lot of us have not done, myself included. I got to 65 mm-hmm. and then started asking the questions. And you uh, can redefine it. And that's my thing yeah. is you, you, it isn't, you can change you it, start up. it. You can change it every single yeah. time. And yeah. that is the beauty of your book is, hey, you can start something. If it doesn't feel good, do something else. Do something. Okay. I mean, really, that's the thing, like you're saying, we're, we're here once and that's we reincarnate. But, you know, we may come back as a cockroach. I don't want to do that. But, Ew. you know, you never know. But <laughs> as we know it for right now, you've got one life. And even if we have 10, you still want to use all 10 really well and, <laughs> and have a good time and do good. Yeah. So I love your book, because it allows people to have more than a second chance. You can mm-hmm. keep redefining and mm-hmm. changing, you know, you Change go, oh, maybe you want to do, you bake cakes and then you, all of a sudden you start the cake business and it's like, okay, this is now just too much. And this was mm-hmm. not how I wanted it to roll. Well, you can say, okay, I'm going to do one cake thing a year instead of 
all the time. You know what I mean? You're allowed mm-hmm. to change what you need as long as you don't hurt people exactly. to change things, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of this uh, and what you've written. And I do want to talk about sailing, but go ahead. I know you were okay. I have, about I, have, I have one thing that I just want to connect. Yeah, yeah. Um, because one of the, um, I have established four portals. I call them portals mm-hmm. because they're doorways. You jump down, you kind of look around, you kind of ask yourself some questions and you figure out some things. Then you jump back up and you jump into another portal and you're going to get answers and guidance and, and maybe not a roadmap, but you're going to get a horizon. And one of the very important portals to jump down is finding your geography of place, mm-hmm. finding the place where you want to be that makes you happy that you get up in the morning and you say, I'm glad I'm here. And that connection between geography and happiness. Now, I don't know if you guys are just happy in all your places or if you have certain <laughs> places that make you happier than well, others. Well, there's a whole other thing <laughs> off air that we can talk about. Okay. <laughs> but finding that geography of place, whether it's for some people, it's the ocean, it's the mountains. Mm-hmm. For other mm-hmm. people, it's the excitement of New York City and the deli down the street. Mm-hmm. The really geography right. plays mm-hmm. a huge part in our well-being. And the, um, it is, it's true. I forget mm-hmm. his name. I forget the author's name. He wrote stumbling on happiness, three important decisions that we make where to live, who to live with and what we're mm-hmm. going to do. Mm-hmm. And so that where to live or where to be is, you know, and you're enlightening people with a little bit of information about all these places. I asked a guy one time who was, it was actually a man. I shouldn't call him a guy. And I said, well, what are you thinking about doing when you retire? And he said, well, I'm thinking about moving to Arizona. And I said, where? And he said, well, I don't know. I haven't been to Arizona. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, start, let's start visiting around here and mm-hmm. find that. And it's different for all of us. My husband loves Pensacola. And I, right now. Oh, I'm I still live there. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to find our geography of place, that place mm. that w- that just fills our psychological needs as well as what mm. other needs we have, whether it's community or whether it's an artistic uh, endeavor or whether it's architecture or no matter what it is. So I didn't want to yes. leave our conversation no. making it, that connection. It's really huge because even as we travel, we have friends going, I'm looking for retirement places, look out this and get, you know, where are you? You know me, you know, and there it's really true. And there are some places I, and I'm not going to say the city. I just, you know, I, I, the sailor mouth, I get me out of here now. Like I need out, you know, exactly what I'm talking about, Nancy. Like, I don't care. We have an opportunity to stay. Let's stay another night and make it easier on the drive. Heck no, I am out of here. I don't care that it's two in the morning. We're going. And that's that. And it was just one of those places that everything rubbed me the wrong way. Then there's places that, oh my God, it is like, you're just in, this is heaven. Like, you know, yeah, you can live here. And so there are places as we travel that, and we're different. We, she's different than I'm different. And, but it's always nature. And so it's very interesting on our travels. We're always going to new places because we're documenting as many parks and public lands as we can. But there are places where you just keep circling back and they draw Mm -hmm. you in the people Mm -hmm. 
uh, the food, the nature, mm-hmm. the the opportunity, mm-hmm. the it, it just certain areas suck you in. Well, they and have we a did personality. This in South Africa, there's something that sucks you in, and it just you didn't plan it, but it just things mm-hmm. just kind of snowball, and it's and weird. We did but not it's cool. find those places by looking at the best place to live lists. No, okay. it doesn't work that places. way. You gotta we go have to there. go to those places. Yeah, because it has each place has its own smell. And yeah. it's got its own weather and it has its own personality for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you have like-minded people seem to congregate at the same kind of place. They like the same kind of thing. So when you come into a committee and you feel comfortable and it's warm and friendly, then you know, okay, these are, for the most part, my kind of people. Not everyone, of course, but there's there's a like minded thing like when people go to a concert it's to see or hear this kind of music not every kind of music but they all like that particular band that particular kind of music so everybody goes happy happy you know because they're doing something they already know they like it's the same when you go to go somewhere and find these places for themselves Now, mm-hmm. it, yes. it could be that where you live right now is your geography of place. You're, you're mm-hmm. on the farm, you love the farm, and you mm-hmm. know in your heart that that's where you want to be. But most of us have some work to do mm-hmm. and find the place that is going to um, be good for us. And I'll so- be your guide. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be your tour guide. I've got a new All career right. taking and people you know, around with, the country. With- <laughs> with, with what's going on now and what we're doing right now, I can be in my geography of place. You can be in mm-hmm. your geography of place and we can still work and do all the other things that are important mm-hmm. to get us to an extraordinary life. So mm-hmm. um, what you do, just even, you know, just if somebody just hears something that like dings something and say, gee, I, I really like that. Maybe I need to go there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, opening up their minds. Mm-hmm. I do want to go back to one of the things you were talking about connectivity and loneliness and how important connectivity is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we got back to this country, um, you know, Nancy had the magazine in South Africa, and then it was like, okay, start over. We'll never do that again. It was so much work. Well, so hello. much work. And like, that, never that, doing that again. That, that, that worked. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah. we, and you were, and it kind of jogged my memory when you said Pensacola. We still live out in the panhandle Mm -hmm. and also all throughout Florida. And we started working for a company that taught uh, musical organs, but also sold organs. And it turned out to be kind of a scam, but we didn't, it was not a scam. It was just careful. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it, 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 let's just put it this way. They're worse than car sales. And I did both. You see, so yes. So retirees, 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, 
right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Exactly what you're talking about. Here, we're retired. Now what to do? And you stand in the mall and you play the musical organ and then, hey, you haven't learned an instrument. Oh, yeah. And this is an easy one. You push this button. It'll do. It'll play in the mood, the beginning and the ending, and it'll help you play, you know. Mm -hmm. So so this was actually a very (laughs) cool thing where both musicians and so and it was mostly musicians were in this Field. It was fun. And, and there were classes, you had lifetime lessons, there were students coming in, there was wine time. So there was community, there was education. And it was great. The thing that I didn't like is they were trying to upsell people into organs that they couldn't even afford. Right. And so when you hear yeah. about limited income for retirees, at this point, they were yeah. just we're at a different generation now, right? And this yeah. was true. Um, so there was some negatives on that. Yeah. But but the positives we watched as, you know, people lost their spouse who had passed Mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. We watched people be able to slowly reconnect through the healing power of music, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't just they're sitting at home. They could have parties. We'd go and perform at parties. I mean, the music, Mm -hmm. the the organs were easy and they're beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. Um, We'd Mm -hmm. go and perform and, and have help them play their special song. And so it was community. It was cool. There were concerts. There was this whole thing. But we also watched people go through uh, having a stroke and the community would rally around and watch their fingers be able to move because they had this thing together and nobody was judging. It was a place of moving forward and enjoying the music. And if you could only play one song and that's all you could do, that's okay. You know, if you only want to do one finger, you could. But it was everyone in the shared interest and majority didn't know what to do in retirement. Some still worked. Some, everybody was a little different, but the power, most powerful thing I saw where people who had lost their spouse, be able to find Connect. a community again. And um, also there was one lady who became a rip roaring alcoholic. Um, so we had, you know, whenever we had gatherings, we had to hide, hide the wine, um, <laughs> but no, but the power of music and it was the community who, she just went through a stage because she lost her husband, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it was not good. We watched her change in a positive way. Mm-hmm. It was like, you're going to lose this community if you don't stop this. And she did stop that. She got really good at the organ. She mm-hmm. made so many lifelong friends. And it was this beautiful. It was just beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, so I watched firsthand and was part of seeing people positively change going from. I don't know what I want to do to at least I have this at this part. I'm happy and Mm -hmm. find community, a different community, because the other part we saw was people leaving their work community. And once you've retired out of that, it's like, here's your retirement party. Here's your cake. Mm -hmm. Barbara's going to make it by the way. And, Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden you start to fade away from those workplace friends. Mm -hmm. So that was another part of what we saw with this training. The the store that we worked at, there the common denominator was the love of music. Mm-hmm. And people who thought they would never, ever, they all came. It's like, I used to teach art. And all the students always said the first thing, I can't draw a straight line. And I would say that's good because we don't, we don't want 
on straight lines in art. We don't like them. We like curves. <laughs> you know? We don't like perfection. We want things to be free and, and lively. And everybody that came in and, and uh, learned to play in the musical organs found that they had a, a, a lifelong love of music. And they could play any style of music, any instrument they want, just by playing this organ and touching a button and changing the sounds. So all these people gathered together for the love of one thing that was really important to them, which turned out to be music. And it was cool. One of the things that those two examples from both of you uh, tell me uh, and resonate with me is that no matter your age or your situation, you have the power to change. Mm-hmm. You can change you, mm-hmm. change your situation, you can change your outlook. And, you know, working with leaders for many, many years who were already successful at what they were doing in terms of their leadership, but yet if they did one or two things differently with some help from a coach, they got better. Mm. They could do the leadership better. And all of us have the power, no matter what our situation is, and really no matter what our finances are either, Um, whether it's learning music or changing a behavior, we have that power within us. And one of the things that the research is telling us is that after 70 If we're not working and we're alone, our self-confidence goes straight downhill. Mm. So we lose that confidence Mm. that we have in ourselves, the power of change, and we have to get that back. So I love those two examples. It's it's invigorating. You went sailing with your daughter over 2,000 miles. Scary. Like, what the heck, man? Like, where did that, where did that be in your bonnet? How did that happen? You know, 9-11 happened. My calendar, my leadership calendar and all those conferences just went kind of dead. And um, my daughter was visiting and she was uh, looking at a 10-year on-year on-off relationship and a job that she really wasn't that happy with. And Really, in my lifetime at that particular point, um, anything that I was doing pretty much wasn't very scary. I mean, I could do it. I, I had done it before. I had confidence I could do it. But I really wasn't doing anything outside of my comfort zone. And so the opportunity I had, a um, my husband and I had cruised for years Cruising means that you're anchored at three o'clock in the afternoon. And if you do go sailing the next day, you can see the island that you're going to. But we (laughs) had not done any extensive sailing at all. I had docked the boat maybe three times. Um, And all of a sudden, I just felt this, wow, I wonder, I wonder if I can push that little boat through the water. And I wonder, I wonder if I can do that. And I thought, well, that's really scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't yeah. know if I, I don't know if I could do it. But that was one of the little kernels of doing something I wasn't sure that I could do. And then the other kernel was, I'm going to regret this if I don't try. I'm going to, you. I'm going to look <laughs> yeah. back 
and mm-hmm. say, I had the opportunity when the calendar was down and the boat was right there. And all I had to do was get in that boat and, and, and just go. But I, and I, I don't want to um, say that it was easy because it wasn't, but that I'm was sure. the point. <laughs> that was the point. And was I scared? You bet I was scared. I bet. But that also was mm-hmm. the point was mm-hmm. to get, mm-hmm. but you know, I, here's what I learned. If you really, really, really want to do something, it doesn't matter what your skill set is. People will help you. That's we true. had books on board. We learned how to ask for help. Um, if you have high, high desire to do something, then your skills will rot. Now, are we perfect sailors? I never did learn those knots. I think I put that in the note. I never did learn those did knots. Did you need them? <laughs> Well, yeah, you sort of needed them at the first time. Uh, but, uh, you know, a knot to me was a knot. I never learned that special knot for this and that special knot for that. Mm. But um, learning something new every day and having to make decisions based on uh, the information that you had. And if you make a mistake in a sailboat, you're going to know immediately that was a mistake. And then also the um, opportunity. And I'm sure, Nancy, that you mm. can uh, identify with this. I had an opportunity to spend 24 seven months with my only adult child. Oh, that's cool. And that was very, we did not Mm -hmm. declare a captain. I didn't know any more about being a captain on that boat than she knew about being a a captain on that boat. So the opportunity to to kind of do something together with an adult child, Mm -hmm. um, it was really important to me. So, um, yeah, we ended that. Um, and, um, the hardest part was getting off the boat. Oh, that's cool. You know, but I think it's so cool that it's a challenge and you do it together. And Mm -hmm. you said, you know, asking for help, which I think is also something so difficult for people to do is to ask for help. I wasn't good at that, Lisa. It's Um, hard, especially if you're a go-getter. But again, I think you're raised, you're not supposed to. But if your water you know. is leaking or your engine's not starting, you, need help. you don't have any choice <laughs> but to yeah. get on the radio and say, this is oh. us. Can anybody yeah. help? And people do. They, they do. You. People want to help. And it, it's not a weakness. I think it's a weakness to not help. I think, you know, to I, and to not ask. And we were raised in like, if you ask for help, you're weak and you don't know yeah. what you're doing. But I think asking for help, it is it's just smart. You see humanity. And the more we don't ask for help, the less we see what humanity is capable and of. I, and I think people get desperate, you know, mm-hmm. when you could just ask for help. Right. And you, and you ignore that, that you could. You get desperate. And that's when people do things they really... Mm-hmm. Shouldn't get in do, trouble. Didn't int- yeah, you do. You get into trouble. Yeah, uh, the other piece of that is that we were uh, sailing along uh, and the hot water heater downstairs in the galley just kind of spewed, starts Uh-oh. spewing hot water and we're under sail. <laughs> and uh, all of them, I sudden, I, I see my daughter just kind of, you know, get up and she's going um, down into the galley. And I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm going to see if I can fix it. Well, <laughs> The, the self-reliance that you can, mm. I, I still have that. I have a stopped up sink. Mm. Let me see if I can fix that before I call a plumber. I learned a lot mm. on that trip. Yeah. yeah I know how to fix washing machines. I knew you were going to do that. I can do, I can do you washing can machines. You can Google it. 
I, I swear, I swear YouTube is my friend for fixing yeah. things in the houses that we travel right. and things happen. Right. And you're like, okay, this is, and I will always, com- I always communicate with the homeowner. I'm like, Hey, check this out. You know, and I found this, is this okay? Like, yeah, go for it. Try it. And I mean, mm-hmm. I did think I've done to this day. I go, okay. And they'll go, okay, you're a girl. You don't need to do the lawn mower. I'm like, no, I want to do it. Yeah, I don't want to be, don't tell me because I'm a female that I can't do it. I want to <laughs> do it. But you have more. to wear your shoes. I know I have to learn to wear shoes. Well, yeah, an, another good um, piece of what you're talking about in terms of getting on a boat and, and going sailing. Um, there were a lot of people who did not want us to go. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I bet. There I'm were sure. a lot of people who said, well, you scary. can't do this. Yeah. Um, you don't know what you're doing. Well, that part was a little true. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, we just said, you know, we're, we're smart people. We'll, we'll try to figure it out. We'll make the best decisions that we can make. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to go. So at the goodbye party, people brought little angels to put in the little tin angels to put in our cockpit <laughs> to pray over us. But if w- whatever funny. you want to do with your life, I don't think that you're going to have all the support in the world. Uh, I think there are going to be people that say, you shouldn't do this. You mm-hmm. can't do this. Oh yeah. And you just have to say, sorry, but let me go. Let me go try and see if I can. So well, we were told not to do a magazine. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Good example. And in that area, we did we did all this market research, and this one lady goes, "Oh, who needs yeah. another magazine?" I exactly. went, "Exactly. There's too many, apparently." Okay. Well, that's you it. Know, so we're like, we're, that was we're our decision it. right there and then. We, someone said yeah. no, and we were like, "And we're doing this." It. You <laughs> know. So it's it's very it, it is weird, and we can mm-hmm. if we don't take on challenges, we don't allow ourselves to grow and build. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's the thing. It's to me, I think it's great that we can live longer because then we can do far more. It gives us that breathing space. To try too. Things. Yeah, it's it's exciting. You know? But before you go, all right, favorite cake. We've got to ask. Yeah, what's your favorite? You're, like, you're in Tennessee. Oh, I have to tell you, here oh I my am, gosh. Here I am saying I love baking cakes. I my husband um, just celebrated a birthday and he asked for an angel food cake. Oh, okay? okay. And uh, I bombed it. I mean, oh. it was a bomb. It didn't, it was about three inches tall. Uh oh. <laughs> so, so obviously, uh, I looked at him and I said, the next egg food you cake is going to get from a box. I mean, 12 egg whites, you're whipping them up. Well, it was a and you probably got a little tiny bit of egg yolk in the whites, and that's what happened. Oh, that's that what happened. Had, yeah. Oh, it happens yeah. all the time. Um, it, it, yeah. You know, when I when I look back, I think that um, that was a place that I could have pursued. But, you know, maybe I'm doing the work that I need to do right now and mm. I'll go buy cakes. Yeah. <laughs> but you're in Tennessee and yeah. the Tennessee tea cakes. There's nothing like a Tennessee mm. tea cake. I'm just gotcha. saying. Gotcha. I'm just saying. But it's been a true pleasure mm-hmm. having you Sorry. on the show. And Thank you for writing your book. It to mm-hmm. me, it's, it's fantastic. I'm I'm enjoying it. Everyone, mm-hmm. go to yourextraordinarylifeafterretirement.com. Again, the book is the sixty something crisis: how to live an extraordinary life in retirement. It's out July seventeenth, two thousand twenty-two. Again, by Barbara Pagano. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I, you. I, mean, I just I think you should open a restaurant next. You think? That's, yeah. yeah, I think I so. Think, Why I not? Think people should buy the book to give to their children. Yeah. 
I think that is a wonderful idea. Mm-hmm. It should so go colleges. Thinking. Yes, I think it should go right. colleges and high schools. And yep. I really, I think like to me, I'm in my 40s. I'm in my 30s now, I'm kidding. But, ah. you know, it's, it, it, but it helps, you know, when you think about it because it's coming, that ship. And then you start to panic in your 40s. You can go into a complete spiral. Mm-hmm. You even talk about that in, in your mm-hmm. book too, about, yeah. you know, your 40s can be like, have I done everything, you know, and it's like, okay, you, you know, I'm looking at my friends and they've got grandkids now. And I'm like, holy cow, how did that happen? Yeah. I didn't do that. Well, I didn't want to, but, <laughs> but I'm like glad for them. But I'm like, you do have these moments in this midlife swimming hole going, okay, am I going to keep treading water or am I going to move forward? Or do I like where I'm treading water? Like you're saying, if you don't have some challenges, you're going to get bored with yourself. And that mm-hmm. really sucks. Getting bored with yourself is probably one of the cruelest things you can it's do to yourself. Yeah. So um, I, I think this is a great book for all ages. Honestly. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I want to give everybody a, a chance to get to the end and say, I gave it my best shot. That's yeah. right I'm- on. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're skidding in, man. I'm telling yeah. you, there's going to be stains on my clothes. <laughs> if, if you get buried in a clean suit, you know, if you arrived at that point clean, nah, nah. You, you're going to get dirt under your fingernails. I'm just yeah. saying. All right. Thank I you so much. It. Thank you, Barbara. Dude. Everyone keep Thank up you. with us at bigblendradio.com. Again, every second Wednesday, we have our show with Books Forward, and you can keep up with them at booksforward.com. So thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.